Welcome in. Sitting here today with me, myself, and I. It's just me today, which means no mambo. Um, which is funny to me because, like, you'd think he'd want his flowers this week. He's in a great position to make the playoffs. Um, coming off a huge divisional win against our other usual host, who's also not able to be here today, the Angels, the Commission, no sir, um, and he's in a tough spot. So, but we'll get through all that. Um, this is going to be like a Jordan flu game for me. <laughs> you know that old rhetoric of uh, like guys being absolute wusses when they're sick. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. Like it's true. It's totally true. Um, I'm just getting over a cold, so you hear that nice, raspy tone. Um, that's the reason why, but we're going to make it through um, Jordan flu game. I'm also hoping for that for my fantasy team in the first round of the playoffs next week because I'm pretty sure I'm locked into my matchup. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, going through last week's scores... Uh, which would be week 13, second to last week of the playoffs. You know, I felt like things really shook out. Like the playoff picture really crystallized, became a lot more clear. Um, we had two teams clinch, uh, which is cool. So there's two spots still up, to, up for grabs. Um, we have the central division race um, still up for uh, debate. And then we have um, the wild card and a couple teams from both the central in the East, and I guess one technically still from the West is still Bill leaving, um, but we'll get there. <coughs> I'm going to try and pause the mic when I cough, um, but if I don't get to it, sorry about the bad quality. Um, yeah, we'll get there, all right, to, uh, to all the playoff matchups. Um, so let's, real quick, week 13 review. Um, I was able to clinch a spot by beating Corey, 100.7. Uh, to 71 um, so the striders are in uh, and I believe I'm locked into the two seed or the three seed not that it really matters because the two and three play each other but um, that's where I'll be uh, Corey has been eliminated um, Bill leave with his picture of the Pope as his mascot in what looks to be an astronaut suit um, Put an absolute stomping on the young guns to keep his playoff hopes technically alive for the wild card. Um, he put up 156 points, very respectable total, and the young guns put up 84. Um, moving on to the battle for Colorado, Rocky. Rocky, 133, led by the Amazing rookie, Kyron Williams. He might have finally found a quarterback. He loves that production out of Jordan Love. Um, beats up on his son. Somebody call uh, the parent hotline because this was a whooping. 133-80. to 80. The Patriarchs clinch the East. The crown of the East has been given out this year, and it goes out to Jen. Um, not without her losses, though, <laughs> which sucks. Uh, Jen won 106 to 67, but she lost Ramondre, Brian Robinson, Christian Kirk. She only had one other running back on her roster. Oh, no, I'm seeing two, which is crazy. You know, like, 
yeah, she won and she clinched and playoffs our pl- playoffs. It's a new season, but like she's going in to the playoffs. It feels like without both legs um, as the one seed. She's locked in the one seed because she beat me head to head. I can't catch her. You know, our records can be the same, but she would still uh, she would still get the nod. Um, the rivalry game, our game of the week, ended up being just like we said, the game of the week. The Mambo essentially keep their playoff hopes alive, and we'll get into it. But they're in the driver's seat, I think, for a um, a playoff position, and they win one forty three to one twenty two over the Angels. Um, both of them moved to eight and five. And then, really what I thought was the battle for the Central, um, the big dogs. No team is hotter right now, as we've all seen in the group chat. Um, puts up, I think, a year high. Yeah, a year high for the league. 190. Everybody on the team showing off. you got 20s and 30s everywhere. Um, and put it on the Benzers. <laughs> Over a hundred point win, one ninety to seventy eight. We'll round up. Um, the Benzers got to figure it out this week. You know they're not they're not dead yet. They still can get there, but they got to figure it out this week. Um, both of those teams moved to eight and five. And if we look at the standings real quick, uh, we've talked about this. The West is settled. Believe's still alive for um, the wild card, but we got uh, the Striders at nine and four. Bill Leave at seven and six. The Young Guns and the Bad Guys both at four and nine. Um, the Toilet Bowl race has not been decided yet, which is good. Um, out in the Central, we got the Big Dogs at eight and five. The Benzers at eight and five. Rocky at four and nine. Scott's team at three and ten. Rocky's out of the cellar. In the East, the Patriarchs have clinched at ten and three. The Mambo and Angels duking it out still for. Um, Wildcard contention are both at 8-5, and five. and Dyson, the newly named Dyson, at 5-8. and eight. He could wind up in the middle, could wind up in the toilet bowl bracket, yet to be decided. All right, so let's do some playoff scenarios real quick, because we still do have those two, um, those two spots up for grabs. Um, pretty much... From what I've seen, and you can't quote this as fact, but from what uh, the tiebreakers are, which for division is um, head-to-head, and then divisional record, and then um, points. For the wild card, it's head-to-head, and then um, points. Right? That's in our league constitution. So, from what I've seen, there's pretty much two scenarios. But let's go through some tiebreakers first. So the Big Dogs beat the Angels, beat the Mambo, and are 1-1 one one because they're in the same division um, as the Benzers, I believe. All right, the Benzers beat the Angels but lost to the Mambo. The Angels lost to the Benzers, are 1-1 one one versus the Mambo. The Mambo beat the Benzers. Pretty much Austin's beat everyone. So he is a win and in. If he loses, he's more than likely out. All right, so that's the first scenario. The Dogs win, and then the Mambo, because they beat the Benzers, right, and are one and one against the Angels, 
and have scored more points thus far than the Angels. 55. Um, if the Dogs win, the Mambo's pretty much a winning in. Okay? So he would actually go on to probably face Jen twice, right? Because Jen is the one seed. Um, I would be the two or the three, and then whoever comes out of the Central would also be the two or the three. So if the Dogs win, they're in. And if the Dogs win, if, and if the Dogs win and the Mambo win, the Mambo are in. All right, as that four seed. All right, so they would face essentially Jen twice for a trip to the championship game. Jen, same thing. Unless you beat them this week and then you'll face somebody else. All right, the second scenario is if the dogs lose, right? All right, if the dogs lose, that's Austin, and the Benzers lose, the dogs are still in. But if the dogs lose and the Benzers win, the Benzers move up, right? Because they're both eight and five. The Benzers would then win the Central Division, and Austin would be left hoping that one of um, J3, right, the Mambo, or the Angels lose. All right, so we have all these teams at 8-5. and five. It's probably pretty confusing. All right, so we have the Big Dogs, the Benzers, battling for a division title. They're both 8-5. and five. Austin holds the tiebreaker. So the only way from Uncle Mike to win the Central is for the Big Dogs to lose and the Benzers to win. If this, they both have the same result or the Big Dogs win and the Benzers lose, then the Benzers are just in wildcard contention. All right, so we really have three teams or three teams battling for a wildcard spot, and they're all 8-5-2. and five too. All right? Um, it's going to be crazy. You have to win this week. All right? So we'll get into those matchups, but essentially I feel it's if the Big Dogs win, they're in. If the Mambo win and put up a reasonable total of points, they're in, all right? But you can't quite count out the Benzers or the Angels yet. And I'm going to catch a whole ton of shit if I don't mention that Bill also could be... <laughs> he could also still be in. But he would need the Benzers to lose, the Mambo to lose, and the Angels to lose and score like 100 points more than them. All right, so... It's okay, Bill. Sarah McLaughlin's playing over the radio. It's okay. It's over. Just ride off into the sunset for the 2023 year of the HFL. Almost 2024. Um, so that was probably pretty confusing. Here's what we need to know. Based on what I think I know of the rules, which I don't know. If you ask Uncle Steve, I probably don't know much, but I've spent some time looking into this. Big dogs winning in. Mambo winning in. That's essentially what I see if they put up a respectable score, that being the Mambo. Um, there's not really any other you know, way to put it. The Angels really on the outside looking in, having lost to both the Benzers and the Mambo, um, and the Big Dogs, I believe. Um, he needs a lot of results to go his way, so he'd need both the Benzers and the Mambo to lose um, to get in. Uncle Mike... Just needs to win. If Austin wins, Austin takes the division, and he needs uh, the Mambo, Jerry, to lose. All right? So that's the way I've kind of seen it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's. it's going to be interesting. Like, I love that we have four teams that are 8-5, and five, all vying for a playoff, playoff spot. You know? Uh, this is the way the league should be, and I feel like it's a great capper on the regular season um, 
you know, uh, in what may be the greatest year in HFL history. Like, it's just been awesome. Um, moving on. This is actually something I'm kind of happy. The other two aren't here to battle me on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I, I kind of teased this in the group chat this week. Um, but, you know, I've been slandered this year. I've been uh, put down um, and kind of labeled by the commish, me and Arthur Smith, um, you know, as the league villain this year. And, you know, that was cool. I kind of played into that. I felt like I had the best team for a while. You know, um, I, th- I still think I have a good team, but it's probably not the best team, and that's okay. Um, you know, but I officially, in front of all of you, renounce my villainhood. And it's not because I'm not the same snake oil salesman that I've been labeled all year, um, even though the trade deadline's passed, so what damage can really be done? I just think it has become increasingly obvious that there is a new villain, and he's going to disagree, and he's going to moan in the group chat about how wrong it is and how he's Batman, but I think if we all examine ourselves and we all look deeply at the evidence that there is quite obviously a new villain of the HFL. And it's the big dogs. He's had a great team the last couple years. Um, He has, you know, put in the time, put in the effort, somehow swung the Mambo twice. Like, I don't even understand how he got the second trade done, but that's beside the point. I think he has the best team right now. I mean, he put up 190 points. But it's not only that. It's that my man is telling other people how to play. And there might be ulterior motives here, right, of getting people involved and getting people riled up so that they talk and they have fun with it. And that's all cool. But it comes at a cost, my friend. And I think it is quite obvious that the big dogs have taken the moniker of league villain from the Striders. And you know what? I'm happy to give it to them. And... It just so happens that I feel, because I think Austin's going to win this week, I think he has that caliber of team, the old villain, now reformed, and the new villain, rising from the ashes, like a phoenix, probably are going to meet in the playoffs round one, in the semifinals. I also feel that they're the best two teams in the league, but that's, that's beside the point, right? It's going down. And it's going to go down week one of the playoffs. And you know what? We've both been ready for it. We've both been stacking our roster, tinkering away like little dwarves over a toy or little Santa's elves or whatever, tinkering away so we both have the best matchups week one of the playoffs so we can go to war. 
And it sucks that it turned out like this, that we have to face in week one. But you know what? It is what it is. And I plan on playing the Ahsokan Farewell, which is the title song for Ken Burns' Civil War documentary next week. Because it's going to be a civil war. It's going to be brother versus brother. And you're going to hear it here. But I've been using the Batman metaphor all year. I've been playing the role of the Joker. I've been sending in the Heath Ledger memes, which are fabulous, by the way. Um... In the group chat and to other people and really leaning in. But you know what? I think I've taken on a different character. I'm the villain when the league needs me to be the villain. But I'm the hero that's going to take down the real villain and save the league. From a year of, you know... Um, and you know what I look forward to and I relish this opportunity. You know, so I don't think I'm the Joker. I think I can be if I need to be. Just like Batman can be the villain when Gotham needs to be, needs him to be, but he's the hero when Gotham, you know, really has to have him. That's me. And you know what? It is a pride and it is an honor to do this service for you folks. I'm here for you. And I can't imagine what Jerry would be saying if he was sitting here right now. But man, I'm happy he's not. Because I can just spout off this monologue without either of them rolling their eyes at me or arguing back. And you know what? It's just great. It's, it's just great. Uh, I'll take your support. Uh, I will take your well wishes. Um, big dogs. Your time of anarchy and terror are almost over. I'll see you round one, buddy. I'm coming for you. That's all I have. Um, another kind of funny story from this week. We actually, we didn't do the worry meter because we're not trying to trade anymore, right? Um, like, that wasn't an official part of last week's podcast. Like, it wasn't on the plan. Jerry, the Mambo, just happened to throw in a worry meter. Like, I'll send a picture of the doc to the group chat. Like, there was never any worry meter on that. Um, <sighs> randomly, in the middle of the show, go back and listen. He goes, well, what about worry meter? And he throws out the name DK Metcalf. <laughs> And says, well, what about this team? And I think I said something along the lines of, oh, you know, worried about that whole offense. You know, because they haven't been performing. And we're at the point in the season where if you haven't been performing, like, the sirens are going off, buddy. Abandon ship. And someone listened to our podcast and made a lineup decision based on the worry meter. <laughs> and it's not that it would have made a difference. But it was Thursday night, and DK Metcalf drops 134 yards and three touchdowns with six receptions on the Young Guns bench. <laughs> like, you just, you can't write this stuff. And Jerry was at home, and he came into work and was like, oh man, Young Guns were so mad last night when that first 73-yard touchdown happened. 
Apparently, he had benched DK Metcalf because of what was said on the pod, and instead, in his place, started Scary Terry McLaurin, who put up a solid zero burger. <laughs> Listen, we've never claimed to be experts. <laughs> we've never we've never claimed to know everything. We just give our honest opinions, and as it turns out, our honest opinion cost Bear thirty five points this week. So. Um, I, don't, I mean, there's not really much more to say than that. Like, it was just so funny. He said he's never listening to the pod again. And you know what, Young Guns man? Listen, you've had a great year. You're a stud. I think it's time you just eat that one, rookie. <laughs> like, there's not really any other way to put it. I found that hysterical. Um, but it does suck that always, always having someone on your bench, especially on Thursday night, right? Like, you can either come out of Thursday night feeling like you are king of the world if you just got 35 points from a receiver, or you can feel like absolute dog water if you get like two points, like feeling like there's no way, like your Friday, Saturday are kind of ruined because it's just like, I'm not going to win this week. It sucks. Whatever. You know, it can really, it can really, like, set the tone for your week. And it really doesn't mean anything, like, if they would have done that Thursday versus Sunday. It's just you have that total and you have that, like, foreboding the entire week. Just found that super interesting. Um, and really funny, you know, if you're not named the Young Guns. Um, so we'll bring the worry meter back uh, next week. Or not next week, uh, next year. But obviously take it with a grain of salt. Like we're a bunch of amateurs out here just trying to have fun. <laughs> and Bear, welcome to the league, dude. Welcome to the league. Um, two other quick things I wanted to mention. Um, we've always reversed waiver wire order in the past. And so uh, I would like the commission to confirm this. But in just asking him real quick this week, um, you know, how are waivers going to work in the playoffs? Um, he was of the mindset that it would just, it's a fab system, so you just do it as normal. You can bid, anyone can bid. He said some people might still uh, slough off because they have uh, money and some of the playoff teams won't. Um, I would, this is just my thought on it, so once again, take that for what it's worth, which isn't uh, a whole lot. Um, if you have fab, I think you have every right to spend it. Like the league should just play out how it plays out. Like if you're in ninth place, don't not spend your fab because one of the top four teams should get it because, you know, maybe one team has $1 left and another team at zero. They still shouldn't get an amazing player for $1. That's my opinion on it as someone who has $0 left. Um, but like, just, I would say, keep playing like you are, you know, um, but I don't believe there's going to be any preferential treatment for the top teams. Um, but if someone wants to double-check that in the group chat, um, absolutely do. That's not how we're going to do like a home field advantage, from my understanding, once again. Um, and then the other thing I had, it was kind of an interesting conversation we had at work this week. It was, does trading make your chances better. And we didn't really come up with a consensus. My thought, as someone who trades quite a bit, or tries to, um, is absolutely. 
you know, but the and at the end of the day, right, like we have no idea how these trades are going to work out. I mean, look at what happened with Austin and Jerry. Like Austin got super mad about this trade. Mad might be the wrong word, but was like had massive trade regret and it ended up being one of the bigger fleecings in HFL history. Like Dak is arguably QB1 for the rest of the season. Laporta looks amazing, right? ETN, eh, hiccup, still looks really good, right? And then Tyreek Hill, he's wide receiver one. Right? And Jerry ended up getting a, yeah, maybe tight end one, but like not by any serious gap. Maybe, you know, a higher end quarterback, but Mahomes has been underperforming. Pacheco's been great, you know, and then I forget, oh, uh, Addison, yeah, I mean, he was a throw in, right? Um, so we don't know how trades are going to work out. My thought on it was this I think people who trade more try a lot more, you know, and you know, there might be some people out there that say no. And, like, it doesn't work perfectly in every case. But I would say if you're actively trying to trade, you are trying really hard. Right? And you are looking at stuff and valuing players. And that effort is going to go a longer way than someone who's willing to just kind of sit there on their team. And I understand it doesn't work perfectly in every situation. However, right, I think that's the big confounding variable. I also think if your team gets out to a hot start, like mine did this year, like self-admittedly, I was really hard to trade with this year because my team got off to a hot start and I wasn't going to take a trade unless I felt 100% positive that that trade helped my team, okay? All year, I was trying to accrue depth and trade that depth for studs, all right? Uh, I wasn't going to trade and it made it really hard and that's one of the reasons I got the villain moniker. Once again, hero now um, saving the league from the Joker, Austin, or Harvey Two-Face, whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, that that is one of the reasons I got that moniker. But, like, I got off to a 6-0 and start, so, like, I'm not going to make moves. I don't need to make moves. I'm trying to take advantage of teams that need to make moves, right? I'm trying to trade for better players that maybe don't have a matchup that week. Right, so I think if you can take advantage of little things like that, trading definitely makes, you know, make can make your team better. All right, um, but overall, like I would say, trading very good, and I think we have a really, really solid group of players who like to trade and like to try hard. Like I am so proud of the league. Like I, I, I think. I mean, this year's been great. We've seen multiple roster flips, like eight-person trades. Like, that is amazing. Like, and I don't want that to be understated. I just hope it can continue, right? And that's one of the reasons I got so butthurt when we stopped trying to trade draft picks, you know? Because trading makes things super fun. And different values on different players, like, is what makes the league super, super fun. If you just had to sit there with your roster, right? Like, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be as fun as, like, going after players you really like. You know, like for me, like I, I just love Brees Hall as a player, right? A little bit under the curtain here. That move didn't really make sense. Okay, Tony Rich got hurt. Anthony Richardson got hurt. That sucks, right? But Brees Hall hasn't been good. Like he's not going to start. I just love him as a player. I love his athleticism. That offensive line can't block like anything, right? I just love him as a player, so I wanted to go out and try and get him. All right, so stuff like that just makes the league super fun, and I just thought that was an interesting conversation we had at work this this um, this week.
But if you're trading, I think more times than not, you're trying really hard and that's going to lead to more success unless a trade absolutely blows up in your face, a la Mambo every time you made a move this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, guys. Except he flees me on Mike Evans. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, Mike Evans has been great. Okay. Week 14 look ahead. And I'm sorry, guys. Like, it is Friday morning as I'm recording this. Um, you know, there's... How can I say this? We've already had the Thursday games. All right. So I have, like, a little bit of a peek under the hood as to what's going on. Um, and kind of where we're at. So... Um, first we have uh, the Striders versus the Young Guns I'm thinking about sitting my players letting them rest for a week um, just going just just letting the Young Guns have their flowers get them up to 5-9 and nine. we'll see alright DK Metcalf is back in the starting lineup um, I can confirm that as of this moment DK Metcalf is in the starting lineup um, so maybe I should worry meter uh like Jackson Smith and Jigba or something. I'm worried about him. The rookie just, you know, hasn't hasn't put up. He hasn't played to his potential. So, worried about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Playing bear. <laughs> um, in the division, in the other side of my division, we have um, the bad guys at, they're already at 33 and a half. They had a solid zero. Corey Dennis at his lineup. It's the second one this year. Not for Corey necessarily. We had Steve McGuire not set his lineup last week. Steve. That's one of the reasons I can't catch Jen. It wouldn't have made a difference if uh, Dyson would have set his lineup. Um, but still, in my mind it does. So Corey got 33 and a half. He uh, started the hurt Kenny Pickett, who got zero with Josh Allen on his bench. Uh, he did get 10 on the Patriots defense in Zeke. Flash in the pan. Blast from the past. Put up 23 and a half. Still, he's projected to lose by 30. Hard to win without a quarterback there. Playoff changing scenario. Okay. We've got the Mambo. Favored by four. At home against the Patriarchs. 103 to 98. Jen, your team is just so beat up. You still have some players. Still have some studs. But your team is beat up. I mean, not casting any shade, but Roshan Johnson and Ty Chandler at running back is tough. But then you look across the way at Jerry's, and Pacheco hasn't practiced. Um, and Chuba, okay, say what you will. Chuba was great the last two weeks, but it's the Panthers' offense. Um, we'll see. This is going to be really interesting. All right, that, like, that game is... I think absolutely going to be crazy. Stroud at the Jets. Don't love that. You don't love that if you're uh, the Mambo. Um, but he's got to win. He's got to win. And if he wins, he probably faces Jen again for a chance to go to the championship. Okay, another playoff-altering matchup. And the rest of the games are going to be like this. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um, Rocky are actually two-point favorites. Over the Benzers. Benzers have to win. I mean, really, they have to win to have a chance to get in. Um, not the greatest matchups in the world for uh, for the Benzers. You know, um, Gibbs at Chicago. Chicago's been decent at facing the run. Swift at Dallas, they have a good defense. 
Herbert against Denver's reloaded defense. Looks good. Whereas the Giant or uh, Rockies got some decent matchups. You know, uh, Ferguson against Philly's uh, defense. He's starting Cooks too. That's a great play, Uncle Steve. Um, you know, Devonta Smith. He's got a lot of people in that Philly Dallas game. <coughs> Barkley against Green Bay's defense. And Love against the Giants. Like, he's looking solid. So this should be a really close game. I think Uncle Mike probably has the hardest matchup of anyone trying to get into the playoffs. The Big Dogs, 31-point favorites. That's why I say it's kind of a lock to face him um, in the championship. His lineup is looking stacked, looking really good, has great matchups. The Prescott-Lamb stack against Philly. Um, I think Colton's only hope is that Tua can throw... Do we have two Monday night games this week? Am I reading that right? I think we do. I think Miami, Tennessee, and then the Giants against um, the Giants against Green Bay are both labeled for Monday night. Is that accurate? Let me look that up. <coughs> I, anyways, I think Colton's only hope this week is that yeah, we do have two Monday night games. Um, Tua can throw like three touchdowns to Jalen Waddle because Colton has both of them. In that stack, man, you never know. If you get a great stack week, anyone can beat anyone. All right? So he's going to need a huge game out of those two to have a chance, in my opinion. That's why Austin's a huge favorite and why I feel like I'm going to um, play him next week. Uh, Last game of the week, we have Suck Dyson. (laughs) That's uh, Steve McGuire facing off against... Um, Charlie's Angels. And right now, after Deontay Johnson played and put up a respectable 13, um, Charlie's Angels are favored by uh, 11. So he's got a pretty good shot there. Needs some results to happen. Um, Looks like he has pretty good matchups this week. Dude, you're starting Kyle Pitts. Uh, Try McBride's on by. It's just a recipe for pain. Like, I see the Arthur Smith doll over there, and I am worried for it next week. It's a recipe for pain. Um, Right now, starting Goff over Fields. Bold move. Um, But should be a relatively close game. All right? And once again, the Angels really need to win and need some results uh, to sneak into the playoffs. So, look, that's where we're at this week. You know? Um, It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be so interesting. All right? Um... So for the next episode, playoff preview, we're going to try and do something special-ish um, if we can get a hold of it. Uh, would love to have um, all four playoff teams here. Um, so if your team makes the playoffs or it looks like they are, look for a text from me. I'm going to try not to jinx you. Um, but we'd love to have, you know, just a little revelry, a little crap talking, a little poo slinging. You know, if the Mambo make the playoff, that won't be a problem. But... Um, We're going to just try and have some fun with it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And then we are also going to do uh, the first annual uh, Fundies Award. Um, And that is going to be an award for each team. I don't know if we want to try and get together or do something fun. Um, But just kind of be on the lookout for that um, as we move into the offseason. We're not going to have too much offseason content for you guys. But um, we'll have some. You know, maybe an episode here or there. 
you'll miss us in May. We'll definitely do an episode with everyone here for the draft order. That would be super fun um, and stuff like that. So that's all I got this week. Um, We'll hopefully be back um, next week with, uh, with a full episode with the full crew again. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, and once again, shout out, uh, shout out Chris Lindsay. Nick's just leaving his, you know, leaving his mark on the league. Just providing all the equipment. We have some equipment we're gonna roll out next year with like a soundboard. All of that is provided by him. So he's just he's the man, and we really appreciate him. Um, and it's an honor, you know, to take his team and hopefully get his name on the trophy. All right, leave his mark there too. All right. Everyone, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Stay safe out there. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.